Have you heard? 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 Welcome to Have You Heard? I'm Jennifer Berkshire. Our topic today is teachers who are leaving their jobs and want you to know exactly why. These teachers aren't just going quietly into the night. They're going out with a bang. And as you'll be hearing in this episode, these very public resignations are a way for teachers to put out there for the world how and why teaching needs to change. I'm sorry it's come to this, but I will leave with my head held high. I poured my heart and soul into my teaching at Norman High School. I represented our state at the highest level. I tried to help find funding sources via state question 779. I even ran for state senate. I started a nonprofit focused on teacher recruitment and retention that has spread nationwide. I've done everything I know how to do to try and make things better. We could stay, but it would cost our family, specifically our sweet baby girl. My wife and I are not willing to do that. We, like you, want what's best for our children, and she deserves to grow up in a state that values education. And so do your children. That's math teacher Sean Sheehan, the 2016 Oklahoma Teacher of the Year, reading from a blog post he wrote to explain why he and his wife are leaving their teaching jobs in the Panhandle State and decamping for Texas. He'd written earlier in the spring about the dilemma that he and his wife faced. Oklahoma's teacher salaries are some of the lowest in the country. In Texas, they each be earning upwards of $20,000 more. But Sean waited until the school year was done to go public with his decision. Two weeks before school was done for us in in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, we accepted the job position. And then the last day of school, I made the blog post because, you know, I didn't want to disrupt my students. I didn't want to throw things off for their parents, for the the families that I served. And so I waited the very last day, posted that, and uh, and then it just kind of took off from there, which is great. It's a blessing. You know, I'm glad that my my story was shared, and that was kind of the goal. The goal is that we weren't going to leave quietly. We were going to leave um, really kicking and screaming, you know, and, 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 and sharing the story that represents countless other educators in the state of Oklahoma who have fled. Uh, north, south, east, or west for because of the working condition. Sean's post, the excellently named All My Exes Teach in Texas, got tons of attention. Local news stations came calling, NPR did a story about him, and teachers, especially teachers in Oklahoma, shared it on social media sites like crazy. The story of the teacher of the year who was leaving his own state because it refuses to fund its schools was everywhere. Well, I mean, the the likes and shares were out of control. You know, they were at numbers that I had not seen for any of my blog posts or any of the work that I had done. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, it was apparent that my story struck a nerve. And I think what's happening is this my story is representative of, of educators beyond the state of Oklahoma. It's representative of the teachers who have been fighting so hard to create some kind of change in public education. And we're seeing this nationwide. We're seeing this at the, the national level coming down from our newest secretary of ed, um, where you've got this, the, the, the privatization movement is gaining momentum. The vouchers, the voucher movement is gaining momentum. And so, um, I feel like in a lot of ways, my story kind of touches on that. I, I honestly believe that the state of Oklahoma will become the poster child for 
what it can look like when you defund public education. By the time Sean went public with his resignation, lots of people in Oklahoma already knew who he was. Last year, he turned his public crusade against school spending cuts into an unsuccessful bid for office. But leaving kicking and screaming, as he describes it, is actually something of a trend. I think because so many teachers are experiencing challenging working conditions right now. And so when some teachers write their resignation letters, they go viral because people feel like they are saying what I am feeling and they are speaking for me, even if I feel like I can't speak for myself. Alyssa Hadley Dunn is an assistant professor at Michigan State University, and she's been studying the phenomenon of teachers who go public with their reasons for leaving. These public statements, in the form of blog posts or even videos that the teachers record, have very little in common with traditional letters of resignation. These letters are much more in-depth than that. And even though the teachers did not follow a model or did not even read other teacher resignation letters before they wrote their own, they all contain really similar features where they obviously, like the others, state their intention to resign. But then they do things like talk about their personal philosophy of education, um, talk about why they went into the profession, and talk about how meaningful it was to them and is to them to be considered a teacher. The group of teachers that Don and her colleagues looked at was diverse in terms of age, race, and years in the classroom, but their letters sounded some very similar themes. Whether they were teaching for between one year or 10 years or 25 years, they were experiencing similar challenges in the classroom. So they said things like, um, I feel like I have no voice when policies are handed down to me. I feel like I'm not as able to be creative in the classroom because my curriculum is being scripted or standardized. And I feel like I have to spend a lot of time teaching to the test in this era of high stakes testing. And it's not only harming my students' learning conditions, it's harming my working conditions. Another common element, like Sean Sheehan's blog post that explained why he's leaving Oklahoma for greener classroom pastures in Texas, the teachers' public statements quickly went viral. They, they were shared hundreds of thousands of times. They were shared on popular education blogs like Diane Ravitch um, or Valerie Strauss's Washington Post blog. Some of the teachers got invited to be on um, on radio interviews, on major media outlets, on television, and um, they really found that they got very positive responses in the sense that people were thanking them for sharing their stories, but they were also very sad responses in that hundreds of thousands of teachers, not just from the U.S., but from around the world, contacted them and said, you're sharing my story. I could have written that letter myself. One sign of the chord that these I quit letters are striking, even a story about the research that Don and her colleagues have been doing went viral. Something that rarely happens to academic Academic researchers. What's been really interesting to me is that much like the teachers who wrote the letters themselves were contacted by teachers from around the country, now those teachers are contacting me and saying, thank you for writing this. Um, this also explains my experience. So in the past month or so since the story has been out, um, I've been contacted by over a thousand teachers from around the country telling me their story. Ellie Rubenstein was one of the teachers Dunn and the other researchers talked to. 
Rubenstein started her career in public relations, then became a teacher so that, in her words, she could do something meaningful with her life. She spent 15 years teaching fourth grade in a suburb of Chicago. But as Rubenstein explains in this video resignation, the profession that she signed on for doesn't seem to exist anymore. But over the past 15 years, I've experienced the depressing, gradual downfall and misdirection of education that has slowly eaten away at my love of teaching. The emphasis in education has shifted from fostering academic and personal growth in both students and teachers to demanding uniformity and conformity. Raising students' test scores on standardized tests is now the only goal, and in order to achieve it, the creativity, flexibility, and spontaneity that create authentic learning environments have been eliminated. Everything I loved about teaching is extinct. I thought I would be a teacher for the rest of my life, but I no longer feel that I'm doing anything meaningful. I'm not being allowed to spark enthusiasm for learning in children in my own way. Rather, I'm being forced to function as a cog in a wheel, and this wheel is not turning in the right direction. My sense of humor, personality, creativity, self-expression, passion, opinion, my voice, all are being stepped on, crushed, and ground down. And I have to get out before my sense of self and self-worth are completely obliterated. Sadly, there are many others who feel as I do. Rubenstein's video is 10 minutes long, and it's a powerful testimony. Its sheer emotional force is hard to ignore whether you're just watching it or studying what it means. I think that she is trying to tell the world what possibilities exist for being a teacher. So there's lots of cliches about what teachers do, right? Like, um, Teachers leave footprints on our hearts and, you know, the teachers are the ripples in the pond. And all of these images of teachers as touching lives are not wrong, are not false, but they are being constrained in this climate. And so what she she wants to share with people and what touches me emotionally is the difference between the promise and possibility of what education can be and the reality of what actually happens in schools today. One surprising theme that Dunn and the other researchers picked up on, new teachers who'd only been on the job for a few years often sounded just as emotional about leaving as did veterans who'd been in the classroom for decades. That's because some of these young teachers had never wanted to do anything else but teach. So we have a few teachers um, who wrote letters who had been only teaching for one year um, or several years. And these were teachers who had really spent their whole lives thinking that they were going to be teachers and then got into the classroom and felt like it was a lot different than what they had anticipated. Adam Edgerton committed to being a teacher while he was still in high school, but his experiences, first at a turnaround district in Massachusetts, then at a suburban school outside of Boston, forced him to rethink his whole life plan. Here's an excerpt from the letter he wrote for Huffington Post entitled simply, Why I Quit Teaching. 
I quit teaching because I was tired of feeling powerless, tired of watching would-be professionals treated as children, infantilized into silence, tired of the machine that turns art into artifice for the sake of test scores, tired of being belittled, disrespected, and looked down upon by lawyers, politicians, and decision makers who see teaching as the province of provincials, the work of housewives that can be done by anyone. Really, I was just writing for myself. I felt a little guilty about leaving the profession so early. Um, and I also felt a little betrayed by my uh, graduate school education the first time around um, and kind of the idealism and, and the things that I was taught in teacher education that really weren't borne out in reality. Um, and... I think I was reacting to that as well, um, and, and to learning that the profession wasn't what I thought it was. Um, I decided very early to be a teacher in high school. I was something called a North Carolina Teaching Fellow, and which means at 17, like you decide you are going to go down this path um, and then pay your tuition, say North Carolina. So, yeah, and I had never wanted to be anything but a teacher. So I also was trying to figure out, like, well, what else am I going to be and do with my life if this is not what I thought it was? His story resonated with Alyssa Dunn. Like Edgerton, she grew up dreaming of being a teacher, but within a few years had joined the ranks of what she calls the teacher leavers. In fact, all of the researchers at Michigan State University who worked on this project with her fit that description. So I was a high school English teacher. That's what I thought I wanted to do my whole life. The only other thing I wanted to be, other than be um, a teacher, was to be Vanna White on the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> um, so I thought that I wanted to be a teacher from third grade and went to, um, went to college at Boston College to become a teacher, went to grad school um, at Emory University in Atlanta to become a teacher. I loved my teaching when I was doing it. I was a high school teacher in urban schools in Atlanta, and um, I loved my students, but I found the working conditions very challenging because I was working in a system where um, it made it difficult to enact justice-oriented and student-focused learning. Tons of teachers do it every day, but for me, I felt like I was complicit in a system that was oppressing students, in particular students of color. While the statements these teachers are making are deeply personal, they're also a kind of activism, says Dunn. By laying out a critique of the system they're walking away from, these teachers are also hoping to change it. They feel like their hands have been tied in terms of being the teachers that they want to be, and they feel like they're complicit in a broken system if they stay. They're not indicting the teachers who choose to stay, but they're saying that an act of activism and an act of justice that I can take is to leave the classroom and to tell people why I'm leaving so that perhaps the people who stay, the administrators who stay, can use this to make changes for the better. But making the case for change, even one that catches on across the internet, and actually bringing about change are two very different things. I was curious about whether any of the teachers Dunn has been researching believed that their public statements had ended up making a difference in the schools or the systems they left. No. And I say that sadly, and the teachers said it sadly. Um, as far as they knew, while some did have their local administrators respond and say, you know, thank you for your letter, thank you for telling me this. It was very kind of pro forma and not, um, 
didn't lead to as much action as they hoped that it would on the ground, as far as they knew. So my hope is that is that in education, like in many um, contexts, change is unfortunately slow. So I hope and they hope that it was the start of something. Um, yeah. We started this episode hearing from Oklahoma Teacher of the Year, Sean Sheehan. He's still hopeful that his letter of resignation and the extraordinary amount of attention that it's attracting will shame Oklahoma's political leaders into adequately funding the state's schools. Will it really like actually have an impact? I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard directly, like I said, from someone. What I'm hoping is that because it is so high profile, because it is catching national attention, that um, it, it, it shines a spotlight on it. It's, an, it's a, no longer... Is it just kind of a random case of, you know, well, I know someone who knows someone who moved down to Dallas or moved to Houston. No, it's like, no, you guys remember the teacher of the year who was, who was, and it wasn't mentioned in the NPR article, but it was a finalist for national teacher of the year, which Oklahoma hadn't seen in over, you know, 25 years or so. Yeah, that guy, the guy that we all really liked, left. And he did so very publicly and it's calling us out. And, and so that's, that's what I'm hoping, you know, we're not in legislative session right now, so the results will be yet to, we have yet to see um, next spring. But, uh, yeah, I, bottom line is it was a, it's a face and a name to a common story, and I think that will be the, the what's, what's left. You know, that's the staying, the, the staying effect. Then there's the personal impact of going public with what, for many teachers, is a really difficult decision. When Adam Edgerton wrote his blog post, he was struggling to come to terms with giving up on being a teacher. His post helped open some doors for his next career. He's now in graduate school at the University of Pennsylvania studying education policy. So has he gotten over the anguish he felt over leaving teaching? No, I'm still not at peace with that. <laughs> I'm not convinced that what I'm doing now is is more important than teaching. Um, it's it may be more fun for me and more intellectually um, more difficult, but it doesn't mean it's more important than teaching in, in the grand scheme of life. And what about Ellie Rubenstein? That powerful video blast she recorded four years ago has now been viewed close to 650,000 times. I wanted to know what it's like to have a record of such raw emotion out there on the internet. I really sort of don't believe that it's still out there. (laughs) Because I don't know if you know this, but when I first posted that video, it was not for the public. That was the way I was resigning for my district to understand why. I I decided that they couldn't get away with just a letter of resignation from me, that they had to see how much they had hurt me. And so I just sent it to them. I sent it to my superintendent, and I sent it to my principal, and I sent it to my teacher friends just so they would know what I was doing. Rubenstein says she still checks out the YouTube video occasionally and is always amazed to see that people are still watching it. She's noticed that viewership tends to pick up at the end of every school year. As for letting her school, her school district, and the world hear exactly how she feels about what has happened to her profession, Rubenstein says she has no regrets whatsoever. I'm really glad that I did it. I have absolutely no regrets about the way it became a public event 
And I have no regrets about resigning. So that's my first answer to your question. Um, and I did get asked that quite a bit. There's certainly things I miss, you know, Jennifer. I mean, there are kids, of course. I, I miss setting up my classroom in the morning and I miss the field trips and I miss like watching a whole room of kids be excited about learning, but it was happening so infrequently that I don't regret leaving because I don't think that was going to happen much longer. Thanks for listening to another edition of Have You Heard? If you noticed that this episode seemed a little, well, shorter than our usual fare, it's because my co-host Jack Schneider is away for a few weeks. Gone, but not forgotten. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Berkshire, and this is Have You Heard? Have You Heard?